You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee. And I'm Pete Wilmoth. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's June 7th. Teenagers who don't get enough sleep may be at a greater risk of engaging in unsafe sexual behaviors, such as not using condoms or having sex under the influence of drugs or alcohol. That's according to a new RAND study. These findings add to a growing body of research about the potential role of poor sleep and adolescent risk-taking. Lead author Wendy Troxell has some recommendations that could help teens get the sleep their bodies need. One strategy is for parents and kids to find a middle ground, allowing for some catch-up sleep on the weekends while maintaining more consistency in their sleep-wake patterns. Troxel also says that school districts should consider starting the school day later. This could make a substantial difference in helping teens get adequate sleep. Officials announced this week that there are about 59,000 people experiencing homelessness in Los Angeles County. Unfortunately, that's an increase of about 12% compared with the previous year. But a new RAND report offers some positive news, albeit on a smaller scale. A program based in Santa Monica, California, created teams of specialists who identified and worked with a small group of people experiencing chronic homelessness. City officials realized that this group, while small, generated a large number of complaints about disruptiveness and frequently used municipal services. Most of these people have lived in the community for years and are well known to other residents, as well as first responders. The specialists were largely successful providing most of the people in the program with housing. The program also helped reduce their use of public services, such as emergency medical care. This reduction helped offset the city's spending on the program by 17 to 43 percent. Even more encouraging is that these estimates are conservative. According to the study's authors, there are likely to be many other benefits associated with the program that go beyond what they measured. It's worth noting that programs that target people who are experiencing chronic homelessness are usually associated with large cities like Los Angeles and New York, so it's unique for a relatively small city like Santa Monica to undertake such an effort. And as our new research shows, it can work. Thousands of ISIS foreign fighters and their family members are being held in Syria. What are the options for dealing with them? RAND's Brian Michael Jenkins, who has outlined eight potential paths, says there is no obvious solution. Some of the options, such as simply letting foreign fighters go, are non-starters, and others, like stripping detainees of their citizenship, are inadequate, counterproductive, and only apply in a limited number of cases. Jenkins expects this issue to be handled at the national level. This means that different approaches will be taken simultaneously, likely some combination of repatriation, uncoordinated muddling among the parties involved, and potentially unilateral U.S. action aimed at the American detainees and a few others. As messy as the situation sounds, he says this combination of approaches can be made to work. And in devising a solution, one thing is clear, quote, those now detained must not be allowed to become the next generation of terrorists by failing to reintegrate them or remove them from society. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi recently won re-election in a landslide. This was a significant achievement, says Rans Rafiq Dasani, 
especially because Modi's first term in office was marked by slow economic growth, stalled employment growth, an agricultural crisis, and a decline in small business. Modi recognized that he was in a weak position on these economic and social issues, so he shifted his campaign to focus on nationalism. Modi argued that only he could protect India from terrorism originating from Pakistan and homegrown threats from Kashmir. As Dasani puts it, the electorate was persuaded to, quote, buy into Modi's vision over its own woes. So now that the election is over and Modi can turn his attention to governance, where will he focus? Ironically, the economy, the very issue that took a backseat to nationalism during the campaign, will likely be Modi's first priority. In early May, North Korea test-fired short-range ballistic missiles, the country's first missile tests in 18 months. When President Trump was asked about this last week in Japan, he said he did not view the launch as a violation of UN resolutions. Why would the U.S. downplay these tests, especially while visiting Japan, an ally that faces a direct threat from North Korea's short-range missiles? Rand's Naoko Aoki says that Trump's rhetoric might be a way for Washington to continue its diplomatic efforts with Pyongyang. But she warns that this strategy comes with risks. Allowing the tests to continue could give Kim Jong-un time to perfect a new missile, or give him the opportunity to begin testing missiles with a longer range. If that happens, it could become more difficult for the U.S. to return to talks with North Korea. And ultimately, it might end diplomacy between the two countries altogether. Where might emerging scientific fields begin when creating codes of ethics that guide their research? Think artificial intelligence or gene editing. Well, a new RAND report takes stock of the core ethical principles in scientific research today and how they might evolve in the future. Our experts found 10 ethical principles that are common across scientific disciplines, These include informed consent, privacy and confidentiality, and non-discrimination. As far as what can be done to improve scientific research ethics and prepare for challenges introduced by those emerging technologies we mentioned earlier, professional societies could be a good starting point. Members of these organizations often cross international borders, so the ethical norms they create can have global effects. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org/podcast. See you next week.